Hello, welcome back to Basement Movie Room. We're here again recording the podcast for House of the Dragon. This is episode two. And of course, I am here and Jared is here. And we have a new member tonight, Ashley, Jared's wife. Yes. She has joined us. She is the newbie to me. Your seat just fell down all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm okay. Okay. So (laughs) this is starting out well. So yeah, so Ashley's going to join us, and uh, she may be joining us every week. Then again, maybe she won't after tonight when, yeah. you know, we'll see. All right, so we'll just kind of jump right in. This is episode two of House of the Dragon. If you're here, hopefully you will jump in the chat and talk to us. But I have notes to remember all the scenes, because I know I missed scenes. But let me apologize for last week when I incorrectly said that Rhaenyra was played by, and there goes the camera already, played by... Uh, Emma D'Arcy, but she is definitely not played by Emma D'Arcy. She is played by Millie Alcock. That is our uh, Rhaenyra right now. So I just want to make that correction. So now we'll go into the episode. So the episode opens uh, with the theme, the Game of Thrones theme, Ramin Djawadi's theme, and the opening uh, credit sequence, which we didn't have last week. They got right into the show, and I had heard that there was going to be one. So there was one this week, and uh, it was it was good. I mean, it's it's exciting. it's kind of running back to the old style with like the gear look, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's like blood running through, I guess, yeah. fire and blood. You know, the, what's this is based off of? So what did what did you guys think about the uh, the opening there? I thought it was pretty cool how they incorporated his model as you know, you know, the blood running through. No, you know, Valyria. I thought that was really neat, and yeah, it felt like old, like Game of Thrones. You know, it's it's back. You know, you the first episode. I understand they kind of. I feel like they were they were saving that kind of opening for they didn't want to they didn't want it to feel like it was the same exactly the same as Game of Thrones. Uh, they they wanted to kind of do their own thing. And then surprise people. Well, I think the second episode. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it was another, it was a nice little surprise. So. Yeah. I, I was happy to see it. Actually, you don't have any experience with Game of Thrones because you didn't no. watch Game of Thrones. So, so yeah. give. Yeah, what do you think about the opening? Um, the opening to me kind of seemed like the overall, like the blood flow and things. And it goes to like specific little chambers that pop up and it runs into it and then flows out to other particular parts through the maze or through the city that was built um i think this kind of signifies a lot of the components that revolve around the different actual cities um somebody that's new to it just shows that there's a lot of different moving parts to it um so seeing the blood flow into different parts they pop up it runs into it and then pops out into different parts so i don't know that's like an accurate yeah dictation of it but it just that's kind of what it uh signifies to me as a newcomer um seeing how it flows and pops up and then flows into other parts Mm -hmm. so it all kind of insinuates the city being a whole structure but it has its little entities within it 
she catches on quick because yeah. they always like to show little Easter eggs and yeah, they're the, you know in Game of Thrones the, so, the opening changed depending on what was happening in the show. Yeah. I, I assume this will be the same way. I didn't catch all the symbols in the opening and things mm-hmm. like that. Like I don't know if there were some house symbols that all of them were house symbols and things like that, but I assume they are. I, I just don't that. know those yeah. houses because they're not. Like, you know, we, we had house, uh, a couple of different house, new houses show up in this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't remember the names of the ones when they were presenting the the knights, which we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what it reminded yeah. me of is when he started bringing out the um, symbolic pieces and they were introducing the knights, the pieces mm-hmm. that popped up when the yeah. blood flowed into them. That's it seemed the like that's what, right. or gears, sorry, yeah. Yeah. that's probably a better... Yeah, that's definitely what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did see Hightower. I yeah. definitely saw Hightower. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, because the, the it's like a rook. Uh, you and know. you know, and it kind of goes back to episode one where Damon talks about Tigerian blood runs thick, and that is pretty much exactly what that opening was. Yeah, Targaryen blood. Running heaven. Yeah, I mean, it, they got they got their blood everywhere. Um. Yeah, so no it was fire. it was it was refreshing. No fire in the opening though. We no. didn't get any fire, so no. we got the blood though. All right, so the opening scene of the episode, uh, which actually did, was it a cold open or did it come after the credit scene? I can't remember if the, but any it doesn't matter. But the opening scene is uh, the crab scene. Yes, uh, they mentioned the crab feeder last week as a threat. Corliss Valerian was mentioning him as a threat. So we open with seeing what he actually does to people, which is basically nailing them to driftwood and letting the crabs feed on them. It's real gross, but mm. it's Game of Thrones. Very short scene. Didn't have a lot to do uh, in the scene. We didn't see the crab tr- uh, feeder <clears throat> right then and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see him later in the episode. We'll get to that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really kind of disturbing part. I mean, it's typical Game of Thrones, little gore for you in yeah. the opening opening of it so yeah i mean that yeah, crabs eating the open yeah. wounds getting in there oh yeah the people alive yeah I and mean, there were some eating dead ones alive. out there but the one guy's that you know they showed his foot and it moves yeah. and you're like oh this guy's alive yeah and he's nailed to the like driftwood and it's 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 gross good intro for the guy yeah yeah shows he the threat he is i suppose yeah. is what they're going for um how would you like to be that guy in House of the Dragon. Oh, oh, wait for my part. There it is. That's my foot. <laughs> he had his face in there, too. Though. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. They, they, they go up to show him screaming. and I'd, I'd take it if I yeah. was on the set. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely. take that. Definitely. All right. Ashley, do you have anything to say about that scene? It's very confusing <laughs> for somebody that's never watched her as the Game of Thrones. There's no history has- for this character. So it's he's brand new. For the crab feeder? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is set 173 years before anything in Game of Thrones. So there's all these characters are technically new, but the houses aren't new. But mm. we've never heard of this guy before at all. Yeah, so essentially, with the crab feeder, it's a very rough scene. Um, it leaves a lot of question in mind with it being a what looks like a secluded island that these people that you find out later are men from ship from the king's castle that have been dumped there by the crab feeder because they've been essentially it's like his dumping ground um that you kind of put together later in the episode so it's it's very graphic but i think it does pull a lot of the 
severity of what his character is together when you start to put it together later in the episode to figure out what he's trying to accomplish as far as a message to the king um so a lot of confusion on the forefront but then a lot of being able to put it together later on in the episode uh with that I, i'm just still a little confused as far as like the crab feeder mm-hmm. background like why is he a crab feeder why does he dump them on this island and let the crabs loose to feed on their bodies like what is the ultimate message and goal from that so that's what i'm looking forward to in episodes to come but ultimately that one was quite confusing for me but Mm -hmm. a good scene i guess yeah Yeah, we'll figure it out I, i think we get more information on it in the very next scene with the small council so the very next scene there in the small council corvus valerian is there to present the fact that they need to do something about the crab feeder that's that's what the conversation is about and uh, we get information that the crab feeder is from the free cities which is on the other side of the the narrow sea the narrow sea which you would know ashley is the the sea between westeros and essos we're in westeros essos is the other side of the narrow sea so that's the other countries and they call them the free cities because those cities aren't ruled by one single king yeah they're independent cities they basically just rule themselves but they do kind of have a easy alliance with each other to kind of take care of each other so that's where Corvus Valerian's wanting to take out the crab feeder but Otto Hightower I think is the one who points out that the crab feeder is obviously bankrolled by somebody it's clearly the free cities to take over the stepstones and the stepstones history on the stepstones is actually they used to be a land bridge is what the assumption is but it broke apart at some point through an earthquake or something and now it's just small islands across the, the sea so they're enough to get boats through and everything so it's just a series of islands there that used to be the land bridge where the first men supposedly came over to westeros uh but close valerians want to go to war Otto Hightower says it's a mistake, and I think most of the council agrees with him, and the king ultimately agrees that they don't want to go to war with the free cities, that there's never been a war with the free cities, and they don't want to piss them off, basically. Right. But, you know, Valerian, Corlys Valerian is the one getting all the damage from this area, because it's his boats. He's Mm -hmm. the master of ships. He has all the navy, and he's taking most of the brunt of this, and it's really kind of starting to drive that wedge between the king and Corlys Valerian. Yeah. There was already one there, I think, clearly, because mm-hmm. Corvus Valerian has an interest in the throne through his wife, Rhaenys, yeah. who was passed over for the throne, the king's cousin. So, And now he has his interest in mind with his children. So, yeah. And yeah. we have a, a comment here from my wife. Uh, <laughs> when are you coming on? Yeah. We got That's Ashley right. on. Get to watching two yeah. episodes. She's seen two. That's it. Yeah. She's never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. So just got watch her started on House of the Dragon <laughs> and she she really liked it and here she is. It was not episode excited two. at first, Carolyn. That's honestly answer. I was not excited at first, but now I'm kind of hooked and interested and I'm I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, so so that's the second scene. Do you have anything to add on the second scene? It, it's not much else happens no. there. But, I mean, yeah, clearly. That I remember, at least. Yeah, clearly Otto and, it's just showing Otto and Corliss are really rivals. They have a lot of disdain for each other. Yeah. They, that's what that scene did. You know. Everybody's a rival with Otto, just nobody True. wants to take him on. True, true. 
doesn't sell. And, you know, he may be bankrolling the crab, uh, uh, dang it, what's his name? Crab feeder. Crab feeder. Yeah, crab feeder. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, another thing that happens. Because it makes, makes Corliss weaker and, you know, with things to come later in the episode, I'll let you get to it. But. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we also get that Rhaenyra is sent away by Otto, told by, told the king to to go <laughs> to send Rhaenyra to pick the new Kingsguard member. A new a Kingsguard member has passed away or retired or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they, they have to pass away. I think it's till death. Yeah. So she has to pick a new Kingsguard member. So they assign her to do that. The king said it'd be good for her because Otto said it'd be good for good for her, and that's what he does. He mm-hmm. just follows what Otto does. So that brings us to the next scene. Ashley, do you have anything to add in that scene? Which one's that? The small council scene. No. Okay. Just a lot of dudes throwing their weight around <laughs> and opinions. Yep. Yeah. That's what the council always has been. Game of Thrones as well. We, I don't remember the two other council members' names, but one of them I, I think I, I read is from uh, Tarly's. The area. older? The High Garden. He's from High Garden. One That's the younger guy. guy. The guy that he talks to. Yeah, the the older guy is the master of coin. Okay, and I, I forgot his name already. Yeah, I don't I don't keep up with their names. They haven't been it, important to it, this it's point. Not, it's, one of them is important in the later in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, from there in the small council, the next scene is Rhaenyra picking the new King's Garden member. There's a, a few different King's. You get two that are introduced. You get Malister, House Malister. Yeah. One of their knights is introduced. And there was another house that was introduced. I didn't quite catch that one. And then Sir Kristen Cole makes a return. Yeah. And so Rhaenyra, in doing this pick, stands up there and is being introduced. And she she looks at them, you know, at Otto and says, have any of these men ever, ever actually been in battle? And when Kristen Cole steps up, he actually has. Because uh, one thing to know is that at this point in history... Dorne, where Kristen Cole is from, has not bent the knee. They are mm. not being technically ruled by Viserys, although they sort of are, just yeah. by nature of being <laughs> on the continent that he rules every other part mm. of. So, so Kristen Cole is there. Rhaenyra so. immediately picks him because she thinks he's pretty, and he's had <laughs> he's had uh, yeah. a lot of experience in battle because Dorne did fight. Uh, I think they had an invasion from somewhere else. I don't think it was from the Targaryens that he was talking about clearly because he wasn't alive when that happened. That was 125 mm, years ago. Right. So clearly he's talking about another in the Dornish marches he talks about, which is, I don't know what that was. I can't remember yeah. from the books. But he fought in that. So she immediately picks him and Otto says, well, these other houses are more strategic. And she goes, well, if somebody's going to protect my father, it's somebody with actual experience so she picks Kristen Cole Kristen Cole is going to be the new King's Garden member and that's that's the end of that scene it's it's a short scene it doesn't have much to it other than Rhaenyra kind of throwing her weight around yeah <laughs> the princes and Otto Hightower not liking it a whole showing, lot showing a couple new houses too yeah what I thought was so. really interesting about that is that the king kind of sent her away from the council meeting because she spoke up and I didn't think about that till just now. Yeah, she did. So the, the council meeting, they're speaking, and she's still kind of the one in the background that's still filling their wine, yet she is the heir. She's already She's been named the heir, but yet she's still the one serving the wine to all the councilmen. And she feels a moment of outburst to where she actually tries to 
give a plan to um, her uncle. <laughs> Can't think of his name. Um, Corliss. Corliss. She tries to give a plan to his fourth pudding of how to to fix yeah. the crab the feeders um, actual doings yeah. with using the dragon. She's like, you have yeah. dragon riders. Use and she's us. like, hey, we got dragons. They don't. And of course, it's it's an outburst and everybody kind of like stops. It's that whole moment where everybody stops and turns and looks at her like, why do you speak? Why do you speak? You're a woman. And she's like, well, I'm the princess. I've been named heir. I feel she felt entitled. And then the king ultimately kind of accepts it but dismisses it and sends her away for this task of picking the next uh, knight that protects, yeah, and serves on the first first watch. King's watch. King's watch. King's guard. Yeah. King's guard. Sorry, King's guard. I'm Sorry. still King's learning. Watch. Please okay. be nice. Yeah. Yes, don't, get, okay. don't get upset with me. I'm still learning all this. Yeah. Um. So she gets there, and you can tell that she's like, "I'm ready to do this," and she stands up there and on her step stool. I think it's funny that they focus on the step stool. For her to step on. She also has to get her tippy toes. Yeah, to, to be able to see over. <laughs> and they pull out the different pieces for each night, and you can tell that she's kind of figuring out why they're pulling out the pieces for each night to signify the different kingdoms mm-hmm. that they're from um, or who they represent. And after the second one, or after the first one, Otto comes up and says, you might want to thank him, like trying to coach her a little bit, but kind of insulting her at the same time, like you should know to do this. And you can tell that she's kind of off put by it, but she proceeds and thinks the first night and the second night comes up and you can see her kind of scoping the different uh, contenders of knights that are out there. And she's looking, you can tell that she's looking for that one specific knight that was from episode one that fought in the uh, Lansing episode uh with the I guess the Cole. tournament yeah. during the tournament. Christian Cole, Cole, yeah. And she you can tell she's looking for him and that's when Crispin Cole. She doesn't even <laughs> think the second night. She just kind of stops him in his tracks and asks, Where's where's the knights that have the Yeah the battle experience? And you can tell that she has an ulterior motive, but she right. backs it up with something that's going to be worthy of her decision so kudos to her for that part but you can tell she's got the teenage flirty girl side because she steps away from her poise of being the princess and named to air and kind of gets down on the stoop and is like looking at him with her goo goo eyes and <laughs> you can kind of see the distaste in all the other council member like Otto's eyes especially Oh, with God. with what she's what what she's doing, and you can see across. I think the big point for me that I watched was across the way. You can see that the aunt, don't remember her name either. Rainus, Rainus yeah. is watching her and seeing her walk through that, and that kind of leads into the next scene with her aunt. And, so, and uh, thing about Otto that I love, and what, for first two episodes that I've seen, he is just so annoyed with everybody because he is like. I know what's going on. You guys are so beneath me. I'm so much smarter than you right now. But I have to do this. I have to I have to be play this part right now. <laughs> but you can just tell he's like so annoyed 
with everybody around him, and I oh, love yeah. it. Yeah, he I hates, love it. He hates everyone. He hates everyone. Yeah. So the chalices are. Yeah, real. I love Otto right now. Chalices are real. Jared yes. ordered these, yep. and Ashley's got one coming as well. She yep. hasn't got hers yet. Mine got delayed. I was so sad. Of course, yeah. mine. Yours is actually way Mine's cooler. Cool. They're not yeah. as big as I thought. I thought they'd be They're bigger. They're wee, wee yeah. little chalices. Hey, little, little chalices for little hands. Yeah. All right. So on to the next scene. It's yeah. the scene, first scene with the king and Alicent together in his room again. Uh, this this is just more building of a relationship between those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the king is showing her the models that he's putting together sort of he says he didn't make them that the stonemasons made them actually and he just arranged them from his memory and told Mm. him how to make them uh but it's it's him and her talking and she's mentioning i think she's mentioning her mother again in this scene she continually does that but this is just otto pimping his daughter out to the king trying to create a relationship between them trying to get them more comfortable with each other yeah yeah. they break one of the stone dragons Mm. and that he's kind of playing with and he drops it and, or she drops it, I can't remember one of them drops it and it breaks dropped it. so a little, little bit of foreshadowing yeah mm-hmm. so so that's it for that scene there's not yeah. much else to that scene mm-hmm. so the next scene is Allison and Rhaenyra in the temple they're in in the temple and I, I we've never seen this area before unless it's the same place that Valerian the Black Dread's head is but I don't think it is they're in front of a large statue with a bunch of candles. Assumingly, that is one of the um, the seven, and that's what. Uh, sorry, refreshing the camera real quick. So they're in front of the seven, one of the seven, and she, um, Allison is lighting a candle and praying, mm-hmm. and she says that Rhaenyra should pray, and they're talking about you know they're sharing basically their dead mothers. They have dead mothers, and they're also talking about Rhaenyra saying that. Her, her dad it's hard to talk to him she doesn't he doesn't talk to her and Allison is saying that maybe you know like her dad it's he she has to talk to him he doesn't know how to talk to women so she has to go to him and that Rhaenyra should do that and she asked her to pray with her yeah assumingly this is in front of the mother since they're talking about yeah, mothers brought up and, yeah that makes sense. I, I don't know though the yeah. statue's not clear that yeah. they're praying in front of but it's clearly one of the seven once again, great sets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Terrific I think set. it's a really good, uh, well, a really good scene for Rhaenyra because she hasn't really had a moment to grieve, and I think that was her best friend's way of trying to tell her that it was okay to grieve. Um, she's right. basically telling her to like open up, like you need this, you need an outlet. Is kind of what I took from that scene. Um, is her saying, you know, you need to find a way to have a moment to speak and she says i don't know what to say and she says whatever you want to say that's between you and the gods and that's kind of a moment of her best friend telling her you can say whatever this is your place of peace to speak um to say what you want to say and you can see her just kind of like look out into the distance and our eyes fill with tears and you that's kind of like a moment where as an audience you can kind of connect with her and feel her emotions of everything that she's going through that she just lost her mother she just lost her brother she just became the rightful heir and she's completely overwhelmed and doesn't even know where to begin and she asks her friend and says i don't know what to say Mm. um and her friend kind of comforts her in saying you know whatever you want to say it's between you and the gods and she kind of places her hand on her and rhaenyra lights the wick and then blows it out and then (coughs) puts her hands together to pray but she doesn't really say much 
but I think it's like an unspoken truth between them in that moment so I think that was a really good moment for anybody in the audience trying to like feel Rhaenyra out with where she's at from a emotional point of view she she actually breaks out and cries she does yeah 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 so yeah girl point of view nice yeah no that's (laughs) that's nice to hear you know fresh take well that was the nice scene the next scene gets a little creepy yeah this is Corliss and uh the king Viserys the first in the gardens Talking about arranged marriage. So Corliss and Rhaenys are there, actually, too. Uh, have Viserys mm. in the garden. This is a separate private conversation from anybody else. Corliss is glad he came to meet. And, you know, the king gives the pleasantry. It's like, I'm always open to meet with my small council members. You know, that kind of that kind of pleasantry. Yeah. And Corliss, at that point, indicates that he would like the king to join their houses by marrying his daughter. We saw his daughter in the last which episode, is, and I thought she was like eight is, or ten years old. Which is his niece. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought maybe there's an older daughter. There's not an older daughter. It's definitely yeah. the apparently 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure that out later. But the child is pretty young, and the king is clearly older, yeah. not to say anything. And the child's younger than Rhaenyra. Uh, so that's, that's the conversation between them. And they want to join their houses because Corliss is the naval man. He's one of the most powerful houses, one of the richest houses. Mm-hmm. And of course, the king needs yeah, to continue, power. you yeah. know, continue his airship. He's only yeah. got one air right now, which he later on says that's a dangerous thing to only have one air. So, so that's the scene. Um, that's that's where we leave it. Um, essentially, okay. a, a proposition to the king. And yeah. This is the same thing Otto's doing with Alicent, of course. Mm-hmm. So, but he's less forthright. Yeah. And this is what six months after he lost. Yeah, we were six months. Yeah. yeah they, there's they a time jump. Half, six months. Half a year. You know. Yeah. Whatever that is. And I don't know the calendar years, but yeah. So they don't have everybody's seasons. pimping their daughters off to the king right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little weird, but I mean, we have to look at it through the lens of Game of Thrones. This is not surprising. No. This kind of stuff. I mean, they marry infants yeah. to people in this in this marry your area. daughter. Just marry your daughter. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, there is is some indication that in, in the past that infants have been married to kings and princes, yeah. and more things the, like that. More the titles. Well, yeah. I think that's what was most surprising to me starting in on this series was episode one you kind of see the implicant the implications between the uncle and the niece and the relationship that they have Daenerys, Damon, yeah damien and oh, the, oh yeah 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 um they have a close relationship and i kind of picked up on that right away and was like well this is kind of weird and jared was like well it's kind of what these people do and then now in this episode it starts going in like a few different directions now with Cornelius's daughter who looks eight but is supposedly 12 um, and then Otto's daughter who mm-hmm. is Venerius's best friend and then it's got all these different avenues that you're like "Ooh, what's gonna actually happen um, the game has changed so yeah that was that one was a little off-putting for me <laughs> and is a lot to take in but i guess is the norm for these mm-hmm. so which kind of goes back to the intro of 
the blood running through. And it going different directions. Targaryens are everywhere. The Targaryen bloodline is definitely well pronounced as far as like, especially Cornelius' view when he's trying to present his daughter after the queen that never was was passed up. Now he's Which trying is to great, push his That's daughter. a great name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's such a great name. So, I mean, like, that that whole stipulation, like, you look at that and you're like, wow, like, they're really pushing the, the Targaryen blood, but then with the intro, it shows it going different directions, mm-hmm. so it makes you wonder for foreshadowing points of view where it's going to actually go. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else on that scene? All right, so our next scene is the dinner with uh, Viserys and Rhaenyra. This is where Rhaenyra listens to Allison's advice and tries to talk to her father at dinner. And mm. it, it goes well. I mean, it's a, it's a nice moment between the king and, and mm. Rhaenyra. And, you know, he he's not the best at talking. No. So, he still he shuts her down again. Yeah, I don't really remember everything common that theme. went on in this conversation, to be mm. honest with you. So, it, But yeah, it, it's just a short scene. There's there's not a whole lot to it. Um, did you guys have anything about that scene? No. I mean... Allison or Nira, though, that's, that's a double-edged sword, too, though. Allison is playing both sides right now. So she's talking to her friend and saying, I bet if you go to your father, he'll open up to you. And she's also going to the king and saying, I bet if you open up to her, she'll talk to you. So she's playing both sides of the coin at the moment, whether it's to her advantage or not, or she's trying to honestly be a friend and be the comfort yeah. to the king yeah. as her and, father was wanting. And she's got Otto in her ear. Well, she um, at least seems reticent to do it. 100%. <laughs> but she's giving right. them both yeah. the same advice. I think, honestly, for the ultimate wholesome goal for the two of them to be on the same page, at this point in the episode, I really think that Allison's heart is pure in helping her best friend to find a comfort and new reunion with her dad after the passing of her mom um, and his wife and then same on the opposite end with her getting closer to the king allowing him to find an outlet to talking to Rhaenyra um, the new princess and letting her in a little bit more so she's she's kind of playing both sides of the coin which I think is tricky and I think it's going to come into play later honestly um, for her own accord, but at this point, I think her her heart is true in trying to help both sides be reunited again because they're very much, very much divided after the death of the queen. Sure, yeah. very, very observant. Only two episodes in, <laughs> she's right. already got it figured out. <laughs> no, figured out. Wait. She's got it. Stop she's, watching now. Yeah, stop it. Stop. Are you right. reading books? So. <laughs> It wouldn't help. No. The next scene is uh, the king had cut his finger in the first episode, and mm-hmm. it has become infected much like his back is. This guy clearly doesn't have an immune system, apparently. Yeah. So so this scene is more of like a small council meeting mm-hmm. than it is actually what's going on. But they put a bunch of maggots on his finger to clean it up. They say it's the best way to, to get it without taking the finger, basically. Uh, but Otto's there, and the maester, who sits on the small council, whose name I don't remember, is there as well. And uh, so, Mr. Maester. Yeah, so this is where Viserys brings up to Otto and the maester that they have 
talk, he's talked to Corliss Valerian, and Corliss wishes that he should marry the daughter and combine their houses. So he's considering it. Uh, the maester comes in with his opinion that, hey, it would be a great thing. Corliss got a lot of money. You'd combine two of the most powerful houses. Of course, you, you know, the king's house is the mm. most powerful. And then Corliss Valerian with his ships and his money would be a good good match. He's also Targaryen, the, uh, not Corliss Valerian, but he is from Old Valeria. His family's yeah. Old Valerian, and his wife is a Targaryen, mm-hmm. Rhaenys, uh, who got passed over. So it would it would like, and it's, sew up a lot of that. It's that another that avenue stuff. for his yeah for her to get yeah. back into power. Yeah. And then there's Otto, oh. who is like I don't know, maybe not the best idea. Who knows? Yeah. Why would he say that? You know, that's kind of stuff. And the king, of course, doesn't. I guess he's a little too the, dense to realize that Otto's playing a game here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He kind of. It kind of seemed like he was starting to like sense Otto a little bit because there was a couple a couple of looks that he gave him like I don't know what are you later in the episode it doesn't seem like that yeah late, yeah <laughs> so. but in that scene he kind of kind of gave him a couple of looks yeah. uh, and the maester seemed like he kind of switched to uh, agreeing with Otto well yeah because he that's switched what they up did. real quick that's what they did in the same scene from. Corliss to Otto, and you know he's like he's wishy washy. Yeah, no, as, that's what, as they come, they know that so against Otto is against yeah, everything. and Otto and him make a couple of you know eye contact moments where they're they look like they're on the same page. You know, pretty much a nod to each other. Yeah. Um. So Otto's got his hands in a lot of in a lot of. He's he's moving around a lot of pieces right now. It's so that second son thing, man. Yeah, he knows he's got a grand he's, power wherever he can. He is uh, he's ahead in the chess game. Let's just call it that. He knows so, what he's doing. Yeah, he's got he's got his pieces in place. So and it's it's gonna get inter- very interesting going forward. See how this plays out. Yeah. So, it, you know, this episode is another just laying the groundwork mm-hmm. a little bit more diving in a little bit more yep so anything else on but they're that not scene? i mean they're not they're not rushing into things no which is nice to see but it really does they're, make you they're wonder. really really you know taking baby steps into what is to come it really makes me so, wonder where Otto's actual like implications are an allegiance oh, no, well, I, I don't way. think it make it doesn't make me wonder Otto's yeah Otto's only allied with himself yeah make himself and his family better. he wants the high towers yeah trying to throw his own daughter at the king yeah. and then get his yeah get his bloodline with the things that are said and the way that he yeah. comes forth looking to Otto's advice and the advice that Otto gives back versus the other council members that he seeks out privately they're all very very different uh, from mm. Otto so it really kind of signifies the individuality and um, almost celerity that Otto has outside of the council even though he is the king's right head hand Hand of, right the hand. Hand, of the hand of the king. Yeah. yeah. So he's like the head person mm-hmm. next to the king. Um, but yet he's very, very allied um, off to the side. He's almost... He has his own... He's got his own innuendos of implications that he's he's got in his back pocket. And yeah. you, can, you can see that very much already in the second episode. Oh, yeah. 
again somebody that never read the book or watched the episodes I, or is game of thrones like this is all probably people are like why don't you understand this right now you'll get there right now between damon and otto i'm loving those two guys in this series right now they're 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 making the show for me yeah the yeah, the, the, the casting friction, of Otto is just amazing. Is oh yeah, and then yeah. Matt Smith as Damon is perfect. Oh, he's great. He's terrific. He's like, and we'll see him later. He's so like terrifying, and then you can tell he's got that loving that he loves his family. You know, well, and Damon's character too. Is he has a soft spot. He has a soft spot in mm-hmm. him when it comes to family. So he's very conflicted. And Damon's yeah. character too, with with Otto particularly, you see the the rubbing um, that comes with them, like how the two of them oh. they just they don't they hate they don't other. mix whatsoever. They definitely have a, a pure hatred for yeah. one another. Yeah, and that's so where you a lot wonder of what's gonna happen with that. It being mm-hmm. the king's, it's it's the king's. Yeah. Right hand man, and then to, it's family, to watch and so see. it's <laughs> they're setting all there, that there's up. There's so yeah. much that goes on with that. You wonder where the king's mind's going to go at this point because you know things are going to happen in yeah episodes to come. So you just wonder. So what what scene are we on now? Uh, well, that was the maggot scene. So the next yeah. scene coming up is the king and uh, Lana Valerian in the yeah. garden. Like their little meeting to see if they're going to work so out. It was it's, it's so like, awkward. You know, old man and <laughs> yeah. young girl. We find out she's twelve. Can I buy you and McDonald's? She looks eight. And he's talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I would." She be asked proud. about the dragons. Yeah, mm-hmm. Proud to be your queen, and all mm-hmm. that, and like, you know. And at the end of the conversation, the very last part of it, she's like. They said, you, you know, you wouldn't bend me till I'm 14. It's like, yeah. Mm. I will bury you many sons. Yeah, she says that too. And he's like, yeah, and the king's like, did your dad did your daddy tell you that? Yeah. Did your dad <laughs> to say that. To say that? But, yeah. Yeah, oh. It's just, it's like, ah, uh, it's just yeah. one of those scenes. Game of Thrones had plenty of those scenes oh, yeah. too. It's discomfort scene. Uh, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for sure. So yeah, it's supposed to be. That, yeah. That's all that scene. That's a very short scene. And then yeah. I think one of the best scenes in the episode comes up next with oh. uh, Rhaenyra and Rhaenys talking. Because yeah. yes. Rhaenyra's up there watching this scene happen. And uh, I, I don't know if we have more to say about that scene. It just is what it is. But, it's very, it's the, but the Rhaenyra and Rhaenys scene is, is, is like an amazing scene. Basically, Rhaenyra's watching the king and Lena. And then, you know, she turns around, and she's not real happy about it, clearly. She turns around, and Rhaenys is sitting there watching her, and she stops her, and, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, I know what happens here. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're the heir right now, but you're yeah. a woman, and this, this is, has happened before. Yeah, you know, I was, it was taken away from me, and... You know, this is and, what's going to happen. And Rhaenyra is pretty defiant, saying that's not what's going to happen. Queen yeah. that never was. Yeah. You know, kind of sticks her with that. And, you know, you know arrogant uh, teenager. Yeah, yeah. She's 14. Yeah. 14, 15. So that's what it is. But, yeah, that's kind of a little sharp tongue scene there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, it just shows, yeah, great acting. Oh, man. I love how they battle. Love that scene. 100%. I love how they battle. Yeah. Because 
lashing each other with the tongue. Oh yeah. This is this is it. They ask each other, does it bother you? And she's like, Well, does it bother you? Yeah. It's like, that's your father, but she's like, But that's your daughter. That's your, like, yeah. does that bother you? You're that's asking your, me that's your eight year old I mean twelve year old daughter. Like <laughs> that's your daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um and Raina's she does. She actually I was surprised that she admitted that she said it does bother me. She's like, But do you understand? Um and that's kinda where that plays into her coming at her with the you don't understand the order of how things work yeah and you're just a stupid little girl right now she explains it to her being the queen that never was and being through the process and i i was proud of renera for throwing it back in her face and it being her aunt and her being Mm -hmm. like yeah no absolutely yeah (laughs) it bothers me but does it bother you it's your daughter yeah, um, this is uh, yeah. this is playing the Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah. Game of <laughs> is that it? Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah Rhaenyra doesn't understand it yet. She no. doesn't understand the power she's, struggle yeah. there. She clearly doesn't understand that. But you she's know, trying. She's young. She's and getting she's better. Saying, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm I'll change the order yeah. when yeah. I become queen. And she's like, it's like any, it's like any teenager. Any teenager thinks they're bulletproof. They know it all. Yeah. And that that was a, a nice. No, little it was a really great. Not that. Really great so scene. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was one of the best ones of the episode. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Next, we get back to the king and Allison again. Allison comes back to to meet with the king again and brings him the dragon that was broken earlier. She had it repaired. This is another attempt at you know yeah what she's supposed to be doing according to her father. Um, I, that's the scene also where it's not much between their conversation it's just normal like hey i fixed your dragon and then mm-hmm. uh the king's guard um oh, graham mctavish's king's guard yeah. kind of comes into the chamber and says you know emergency small council meeting something's yeah. happened and it just jumps to the next scene so i i don't know that we need to talk much about that scene per se no. It's, no, it's just another allison and king scene they're the same yeah. every time Pretty it's much. just yeah that they're building that relationship. One of the things we didn't mention earlier scene. though was the king did ask for Allison not to say anything to Nera oh, yeah. about their conversations. Yeah, right. That's true. And that was almost that a is true. Uh, yeah. foreshadowing. I had forgotten Good to call. mention that I feel like is a really big key point on his decision later on in the episode. Um, he he says that he doesn't think that Venera will understand their bond i guess that they have um and when he says that it's kind of like an instant like red flag we're like "Uh uh-oh i feel like this is going a different direction here we go than originally intended not but yes originally intended so and that's kind of like a moment that they have after that conversation of him being like please don't tell venera about the conversations we have and then she brings him this gift of the dragon that she repaired and i think that Mm -hmm. that kind of creates that moment Mm -hmm. yeah for him yeah it's certainly a moment that's that's what they were going for can i break in real quick and say carolyn if you're listening still (laughs) if you join this podcast i will buy you a challenge (laughs) (laughs) well me one yes ashley has one mine's not here yet come on all right, back to so we have one viewer still, so I assume it's yeah. her watching still. So, <laughs> all right, back to the, the next scene is the emergency small council meeting. We find out when the king gets there that Damon has attacked 
The uh, Dragon Keepers. They were transporting yes. an egg. He attacked them and stole an egg. Beat them up. Took they their, immediately, took their the small council immediately goes into like, what are you going to do about this? You can't show you're a weak king. He's threatening your power. And Otto, I think, is mainly saying this. And and um, he, the king's not decisive on this at this point. Yeah. And they just keep arguing amongst themselves. They're like, well, I can't attack him. You know, he's got the gold cloaks there. And then Rhaenyra just breaks in, stops the conversation, and, and speaks in old Valerian, Valerian, and says, which egg did he take? Yeah. And we find out that Damon took the egg from, uh, what was Balon. the... It was Balon's yeah. dragon egg Balon's, that Balon would yeah. have had in his crib, but their, uh, Dreamfire is the dragon's egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreamfire's yeah. egg. Yeah, Dreamfire, which is one of the dragon's names, obviously. But it's the first time we've heard the name Dreamfire, but it was Dreamfire's egg... Damon took it and says he sent there's a letter the maester brings the letter out and is reading the letter Damon says that he is getting married in two days time he wants the king to come to his wedding which hilariously enough the king would have to fly on a dragon and the king does not have a dragon because there is no way he'd get to Dragonstone in two days mm-hmm. we jetpack everybody to Dragonstone it's not that far yeah but this is another one of those Game of Thrones. Where they get there so quick. Yeah. They get there super quick. Yeah. But he says he's getting married in two days and that his he's taking this new wife. He's going to take the old Targaryen tradition of multiple wives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, Masaria. Is it Masaria? Yes. Masaria. Masaria, whatever her name is. Yeah. It's Sonoya Mizuno's character. And uh, he's going to take her as a wife and that she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. So the king decides that he's going to go to Dragonstone and Otto says no you can't do it I'll do it so Otto loads up goes to Dragonstone and then that's the next scene but that, in any case that the scene where they met is pretty cool looking though yeah I mean that is oh, yeah. that, that that's a pretty memorable scene just being meeting on that bridge yeah with you know it yeah. it looked pretty awesome yeah so the small council meeting yeah. is over and the next scene goes on and i don't know do you have anything to say about the small council oh meeting? no no it's no pretty, I thought, i'm sorry i thought we were on the, i was gonna i was gonna the next, on, yeah <laughs> because there's not much else to say about yeah. that scene it is what it is yeah damon's obviously taking that egg on purpose he knew what the effect of it would be he right. wanted this to happen yeah but i think he truly wanted his brother to come there so he could right. talk he to his brother one-on-one yeah but that's not what because the last time also... yeah the last time they spoke it was you know they it was heated he called him weak, you know, and but it also triggered he Valeria. Kicked him out of yeah, King Landing. So, yeah. But it also triggered Valeria for her asking, "What egg did he take?" And mm-hmm. I think in that meeting, that's again another like foreshadowing moment where it was like she was like, "What egg did he take?" Yeah. When she asked yeah. in their their language, she is also you still wearing the necklace Damon gave. Yep. Her. Yeah. And he looked at it. <laughs> When we get to the next yeah. scene, he looked, he looked at, at it, it, and that I think that's one of the reasons. I didn't I'll get into that, that in a second. But when she asked that, you could see her, and for me, posture and the way people look, she looked down into the left, and you could see she was like very concerned, and she asked it in their language, what egg did he take? She wasn't even looking at the person that she was talking to. She was looking down into the left like... This is gonna be a big. She blow. knew the answer before she right, asked the question. Right. Um, and then he answered, and it was 
you could see it all over her face yeah. what, what was going to end up happening yeah at that so, point she had her she already her had her was, mind made yeah, up her mind yeah. was made she was up. going yeah. yeah but again she's in a small council meeting and she has that moment where yeah. she speaks up semi out of turn just like she did in the first one but you see how everybody went silent yep and listen to everything she had to say so yeah. or tried to they couldn't understand what she was saying but yeah all right, so, so the next scene is the arrival at Dragonstone. Really yeah. cool boat scene there to open it mm-hmm. up. It's nothing to that boat scene. It's just the yeah. boats coming into Dragonstone. It's all right. I jumped, Drag- the, I jumped the gun on that. Yeah, yeah it's scene. okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's hard not to because yeah. you just want to discuss <laughs> this scene. Cause Cause it's, it's, it, it, the other <laughs> scene between Rhaenys and Rhaenyra is, oh. is one of the best scenes. This okay. is the best scene. It was yeah. so cool. It's the best scene of the show so far. Best looking. Yeah and, yeah, and it's at Dragonstone. Dragonstone looks the same as it did in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a little, it's foggy in Foggier. the scene. And I'll yeah. be honest, I know why it's foggy because they have dragons in the scene, and they need the CGI to look a little dodgy. Yeah. But yeah. fog helps that because yep. it's expensive to make those dragons. Exactly. Two dragons, Syraxes and Cyrax are both in this scene. It's really cool to see them both. So what happens at first is is Otto and his crew land at Dragonstone. They're climbing the the big wall of china steps that go up yeah. dragonstone and uh they're met on the stairs by damon and some of the gold cloaks that he brought from those steps would have taken me two months yeah, no that's that's a long time i was thinking of sonic sonic the hedgehog was it two that he does the or is oh, it one? Uh, no it's one one it's the first one yeah yeah, the yeah. the first one he's on the yeah. great wall great wall i was thinking of that but nice. so so yeah otto and damon meet otto's like you know you have to return the egg this is ridiculous and otto's Otto's not great at his job, to be honest. When it comes to he gets timid. He's he, he's not only timid. He's yeah. also just not he's not diplomatic no. at all. This is not his strength to be dip, be a diplomat because he's no. interested in being. He's interested in just being an asshole. To be honest, <laughs> he's he's better on small on a small level. Yeah, one on ones. He he's he's a snake. Basically. Definitely is that. Yeah, he's good at whispering in the ears. He wears and green. Not, yeah, and not <laughs> and not uh, you know when you know you got come into play later. You got two forces. I mean, you got enough people there that are going to go to battle right there if they yeah. have to. And I think he's a little intimidated by that whole scenario. Yeah. And he doesn't have just his small mm-hmm. council of guys that are he's already controlling. Right, you know. I will say that he's wearing green, yeah, and Damon is wearing black in this scene, and, and those that is, colors coming to that play. That is foreshadowing. In this story. A lot, of, a lot of green, a lot of green used yeah. at King's Landing. Yeah. If you noticed on the yeah. greens and the blacks, <clears throat> yep. doesn't mean anything to most people who don't know anything about the book, but it's going to come into play. Yep. So during this conversation, basically, it's come to a head. Damon's not going to give the egg back, and they all draw swords and. Cyrex is Damon's dragon, right? Yes. Cyrex comes over the wall Great and name. is rattling and you know all that sound coming out of him. He's on the wall. It's like, I don't know he can't win this. So yeah. he's either going to have to back down or try to be diplomatic, which he's not good at. We've already covered that. Yeah. So at that point, all of a sudden, you hear another dragon and you see the clouds, which is really cool. Yeah. You see the clouds start bubbling up <laughs> underneath Dragonstone. 
because Dragonstone's high up, so the clouds are a little bit below it, and it's foggy, of course. And here comes Seraxes with Rhaenyra riding on his back, or her back. I think Seraxes is female. I think she indicated she's a female dragon. So Rhaenyra takes the dragon, lands behind Otto and the troops. Uh, Kristen Cole is there. Oh, mm-hmm. Chris, we forgot about that. Yeah, he's he insults Kristen Cole oh, yeah, yeah, by yeah. calling him Crispin, the, like Crispin. he forgot who he yeah. lost to at the tournament. Yeah, and Kristen yeah. Cole just jabs right back it's yeah. like you know i knocked you off your horse yeah. or, you i think know. you remember when i knocked yeah. you on yeah. off your so, horse yeah but in any yeah. case that you know that's a little bit I, fun I, I banter so. yeah but rhaenyra lands walks through the king's guard and by Otto hightower Otto stops her real quick he's like what are you doing here you're not supposed to be here yeah and she just basically ignores him and says you know i'm i'm the princess and yeah step she aside. goes up to talk to damon and Damon and her have a mutual respect for each other. They 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 love each other. They really oh, yeah. do. They're they're family. Mm-hmm. And and she's smart enough to know how to get to Damon, basically. And she figures out that Damon's lying about yeah. his his you know yeah. soon to be wife being pregnant. Yep. And uh, but so she like you said you called know, his bluff. She mm-hmm. called yep. his bluff, and she makes it clear that what he's doing isn't the right way to go about things. That. You know, the family's not completely dead at this point. Don't do this. That you know, that particular egg is crazy. And she's like, "Oh, I want the egg in the, in, you know, in my child's uh, cradle, like you had an egg in your cradle." Mm-hmm. And and she's like, "Is she even really pregnant?" He goes, "Well, he sort of says like, no, well, not yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> One day she will be." <laughs> yeah. So, which goes back to that first mm-hmm. scene of them being together. Yeah. Him and his wife. Yeah. And like I said, he he looks at and the he necklace. can't. Yeah. yeah. Looks he at the necklace. the necklace. She's yeah. still wearing it. So. This is like they're friends, and he doesn't want to fight her. He doesn't want to have that battle. He knows it's no good for anybody. And then he turns around and starts to walk away, and you know tosses her bag. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the end of the scene. And would have been funny if she. Oh, oh right. Like, <laughs> oh dang it. <laughs> we'll find it. Yeah. But she she also put they placed the egg into like a braze, brazier yeah. with mm-hmm. like coals. I guess they got to keep the mm-hmm. egg hot, but. That's never really been something, but I guess they're trying to hatch the egg ultimately to have more dragons. Speed up the process. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, yeah. Ultimately, the dragon eggs hatch whenever they want to is what, what you get from mm. the series overall. So that's the scene. And uh, Awesome. Awesome looking scene. It's an awesome scene. Yeah. It's great. You, you guys. Oh, I, thought it, I thought it was a great scene. Yeah. Especially with Venera showing up on the dragon that kind of surprises you but doesn't mm-hmm. surprise you. Um, and her walking through the council. Yeah, and then actually. And then, like, being like, what are you doing? And she's like, just let me handle this. Yeah. And she walks through and does her own language with her uncle that clearly she has a relationship with that's been pretense mm-hmm. uh, in the first episode. You can really see that with her. And then he's speaking to her but she's speaking back to him and it it is a mutual agreement he's not talking to her like the future queen and she's not talking to him like somebody that's lower than her it's, yeah it's a definite equal ground when personal. they're talking very personal level. and that moment when he at the very end of the conversation after she's like is she even pregnant and he's like maybe one day and she kind of does this thing and he looks at her necklace and he gave her and it was like that moment he was like all right i can't ignore the relationship that we have and he turns around and just legitimately walks off and then turns and tosses the egg to her it's like all right they definitely have something they have 
mm-hmm. an agreement. They have a respect. They have yeah. something going on. But that oh, was yeah. that was the moment where she doesn't even make eye contact. Nobody, and that's another point where nobody makes eye contact with her. And she's supposed to be the future bride, so you would think that like somebody would make contact with her. And not one person did, not Valeria, not the council, like, nope, and he didn't. Uh, Demarius didn't make eye contact with her. Like, even when Venera asked him, is she even pregnant? He, like, even kind of did, like, a like a yeah, side yeah. eye. Damon didn't. And like didn't a, even, yeah, like, Damon. look yeah. at her. And he was like, maybe one day. And then when he said that, she was like, I'm done. And yeah, she walked off, here. and then they made eye contact. And she was like, it was just like that that moment that they had um (laughs) so i love that and then when he turned around and walked off i was like really Mm. he's really gonna walk away from her and then he tossed the egg and i'm like there it is okay (laughs) we're good we're good i I just i like seeing auto kind of a little weakness out of auto in that scene oh he hated it because he there was a there was a there was a point in the conversation where he kind of he was taken back, and he actually kind of stepped back. Like, when they oh. drew swords, yeah, yeah, well, it He's was not ready for that. Yeah, he when was they like, drew swords, he was, he was, like, yeah, Damon was, re- was ready to go, and he was like, oh crap, yeah, wait, not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. Mary walks in, and she's like, yeah, part ways, I got this. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a great scene, loved it. Yeah. So the next scene is uh, just after this scene with Damon and Masseria in the. Uh, in Dragonstone, in a set we've seen before with the dragon carved into the wall. Um, and this is just basically him, you know, talking to her and her is like, did you tell him, you know, I was pregnant and all this stuff? And he's like, yeah. And I don't remember much else they talked about in this scene. It's it's not real consequential to the rest of the episode. I guess yeah. you just wanted to get a little after scene between those two because... I think her biggest point was the, how are you going to protect me? No. Mm-hmm. How are you going to protect me? Like you said yeah. that you would protect me, but if I'm not with child, how are you going to protect me right. against the king's guards or whatever? Yeah. I think that was her biggest concern in that scene. Yeah. So... So that was that was it for that scene. It's not much. So the next scene after that, we jump back to King's Landing with Viserys and one of the small council members, the, the guy from Highgarden, I believe, and he's he's talking to him on his own. He's like, you know, I'd like to seek the advice of my council, and it's nice to talk to you alone. So this is like the third or fourth time this episode he's kind of talked to part of the council as yeah. opposed to the whole council and kind, he kind of gives you a where there, there's the stance with those guys yeah and, and kind of they're a little bit of a look into their character so yeah keep going Sorry. so so this one he's asking him about what he thinks he should do in regards to the marriage as well and i think this guy indicates that it would be a good match if i remember this is a, i don't remember the scene all that well and that he indicates that that lana would be a good match for him mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so this guy's on that side he's not you know who knows what he what his real alliances are you know we don't really know but he's from high garden he's very important at least i assume this is the guy from high garden he's very important because they're the breadbasket of the nation they right. feed the entire nation basically i don't think he likes Otto. Yeah. Yeah, he probably doesn't like Otto, so he thinks... But he hides it much better. It should be with Lana. Yeah. 
So, so that's that's kind of it for that scene. That's what they talk about, and it's mm-hmm. just it's nice to get another small council member just talking because that guy hasn't yeah. had many lines he's, to be honest. Yeah, he's been the he's been the kind of uh, yeah, him and the other the guy that the other guy. Yeah, just kind of hey, who's that guy? Yep. Everybody else has had their chance to speak out and had their scene, and right. he has not. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that was yeah, it was a nice little scene. Yeah, it was a good scene. Yeah. I'm, so, not much else to it. He'll probably die next, next Yeah, he's definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> They're all dead by the time Game of Thrones will. Yeah, that's true. 73 years later. Gotta die sometime. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we can just move to the next scene. Uh, this is the King, Rhaenyra, uh, King uh, Viserys and Rhaenyra after Dragonstone. So during that scene with the council member, mm-hmm. somebody busts in and says... Oh, Rhaenyra is back from Dragonstone. He's yeah. like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, Dragonstone? <laughs> he didn't know where his daughter was, clearly. He didn't didn't realize she took her massive dragon out of the dragon pits in King Landing and went to Dragonstone. Yeah. So it's him kind of going in there and shiding her, overdoing this. And, yeah. and she's just like, you know, I had to do this. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is what I need mm-hmm. to do. This is what I'm going to have to do because I'm the heir. And it kind of turns into a softer moment. He gets over the Dragonstone yeah. things pretty quick. And they start talking about him taking a new wife mm-hmm. and that, you know, she's his only heir and he has to protect her. And this kind of stuff's not helping that obviously right. you know doing that stuff so he talks to her and she she comes to kind of an understanding that he is going to get remarried i think her assumption is it's going to be La, lana yeah valerian lena valerian lena, lana, yeah, yeah. Lana, so, lana lane and, and that's not as threatening to her i guess is because yeah. you know she's very young and she expects that there will be more heirs but she doesn't believe her father will make a male heir after the showing he already did right become the, the next king so, so that's kind of how that scene ends at that point. Yeah, and it's not it's a good scene too. Yeah, it's not somebody so close to her. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. she she doesn't but, know uh, anything about Allison at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that King brought up was, you know, I I, I try not earlier in an earlier scene with Corliss, I, I try not to go to war unless I absolutely have to. Right. He brought that up. Yeah. And basically, what Rhaenyra did was keep a war from happening at Dragonstone. Right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even realize it. And his his hand is one that's almost about to start the war. Yep. So Yeah, and we don't really get he doesn't get any information about getting in there. Yeah. Yeah, He doesn't get that Otto Otto is always, you know, he's always in the shadows. So But I feel like that scene one points with the king with Rhaenyra. Because as much as he was mad at her for doing what she did, she did secure the egg yeah. and came back, and that reminded him of her and his late wife. Yeah, and his wife. And he right. even made a reference to where he was like, I forget how much the two of you are alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was like a really happy moment for both of them to mm-hmm. where she's like, I know he's super pissed. And he's like, I'm super pissed. But yeah, it becomes like a mutual mm. I respect what you did because that that was a move that your mother would have made mm-hmm. and the fact that I put you in power and you did that you shouldn't have done that because it put you at risk it put our kingdom at risk like it put everything at risk 
but you did it and you executed it. He, I think it built a, built a little bit of respect because he even he even yeah. he even laughed a little bit because he was like he laughed and then his body posture like as he was sitting there mm. kind of like dropped like I can't even be mad at you because yeah. you did you executed what you went there to do you shouldn't have done it but you executed she, what you went there to do she did the necessary thing that was good uh yeah that had to be done and that also goes back to the king went during his wife and son's funeral he couldn't have the dragon come down and burn him she had to do that right but in that- she had to do the necessary thing because he just kind of stood on the wayside he also doesn't have a dragon i think that's yeah he doesn't have a dragon either. <laughs> but in the same conversation but she, you know his daughter was the one that had yeah to, you know but it happens the in the same conversation of him relating that whole you're a lot like your mother he leads into the you understand what's going to have to happen for higher order and renaria is mm. very much trying to take hold of her position as a princess, as the heir, she's like, I understand that you're going to have to remarry. And he's like, I loved your mother very much. I'm not going to be able to replace her. And Renaria says, I loved my mother very much too. And she's like, but I understand what you have to do from a king's point of view for our kingdom, for what has to happen going forward for the safety and whatnot. Um, She basically gives him the green light for like you're gonna have to remarry like i get it i'm mm-hmm. okay with it and he's like i'm not okay with it but i know what i have to do for us and for our kingdom or whatever i don't right. even know what to call it kingdom community i don't know what it's to call kingdom. it yeah. kingdom okay and they like at that point they the have this realm. mutual agreement and i think at that point renera thinks he's gonna marry lena lena yeah so she's like giving him the screen light. Like I, I watched you. I understand this. We've walked through these motions. Which we haven't gotten to that scene yet. No, that's yeah. next scene. That's next scene. Yeah. So like she's kind of like foreshadowing, like giving him the mm-hmm. permission. Like, okay, I know this is gonna happen. They've been pushing you to remarry. This prospect has been brought forward. I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. giving you my permission to remarry. Lena, because this is what we need for our kingdom to be rebuilt, to be stronger, to show the yeah. crab feeder. feeder that we're strong and yeah. we're not going to have anything else. Um, so I think it was just like a kind of like slight conversation, but I feel like it was a very important conversation between the two of them leading into the next one. Right. And then that brings us to the next scene, another small council meeting where the king announces that he's going to take a new wife. We have all the small council here, of course, Valerian, at the end of the table where he always sits, Otto as well. Mm-hmm. And Alicent is there for some reason, and nobody really makes anything of that. Don't even, yeah. The, I noticed it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the, the small council. Yeah, the council did, yeah. Uh, Rhaenyra didn't notice oh, apparently yeah. and of course she's there because she's the king's cupbearer she's in every yeah. small council meeting so uh, Corliss is sitting there expecting that Lena is going to be announced as a new wife and the king announces that he is going to wed Alicent Hightower yeah. Rhaenyra's friend and of course Otto Hightower's daughter uh, with this 
Rhaenyra essentially just uh, storms out of the room. Yeah. Right? She, didn't really, she didn't even say anything. Yeah. She just leaves. She's, she's pissed. She's a little yeah. hard. And Corlys Valerian yeah. does not hold back. He is no. real pissed. Yeah. He, he, he lets the king know that he is not happy with this. That is ridiculous. And uh, the straw that broke the king. Apparently, Viserys actually yeah. shows a backbone here and, and stands up and says, I am the king. I'll do what I want, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I am your king. Yeah, yeah. I am your king. Yeah, so that that's that's the scene. That's it. It's a very short scene. It doesn't. It's just setting up that Alison Hightower is going to marry the king. Yep. Allegiances. Yep. So the Hightower, the second son of Hightower, has managed to get his daughter married to the king of the seven realms, kingdoms, whatever yes. they say. First of the Rhaenyra, and mm. yeah. So that's what's happening. Rhaenyra's pissed. Corlys Valerian's more pissed, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that brings us to the next scene. Another but family any, member passed anything over. Anything to say about that scene is pretty, pretty cut and dry. It's, it's pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Yeah. yeah. It, it it just shows a lot. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going to take place. The princess there's is a lot of things. completely betrayed by both ends. She yeah. felt like she was letting both of them in, and then both of them betray her. Yeah. Which well, is so, also sitting there like, oh, my God, I just gave my dad permission to marry my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thinking crap. that it was yeah. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> thinking it was her cousin. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, How? What, where's the double-edged sword on that one? Like, well, my cousin, my best out. friend, family, not family. Like, ugh, mm-hmm. I just can't. Yeah. Fourteen, twelve. What's the difference? Six, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Alice, it looks a little bit older. Four, than Renera, I guess fourteen. Twelve looks eight. Fourteen's yeah. a new eighteen. Yeah. That's right. I can't. So yeah, that's that scene, and then we brings us to our last scene. Corlys Valerian's reaction to this news. He's it shows him it shows the crab oh, uh, feeder doing yeah. his work again, nailing people in. Yeah. And kind yeah. of we get a view of him. He looks like he's got grayscale. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know for sure. And he's got this mask got, on. He's got a little looks bit like on it's his grown into his face. Right. A little bit yeah. on his shoulder, a little yeah. bit on his face. And he grayscale. is nailing people to, to driftwood or yeah. or wood that he's built. I don't know which one it is, and letting the crabs eat them, essentially. Yeah. And we get the first view of his face at the very end of the episode. Yeah. But during this, there's some cutbacks to Cole's Valerian yeah. talking to somebody. You're not. It doesn't show you who he's talking to until, of course, the very end. He's talking to Damon Targaryen. They are now allied. Although Damon's not completely fond of the conversation, it seems. No. It's like, you he's can't, not, he, he, like, he Corlys starts talking bad about King Viserys. He's like, right. no, only I can talk bad about my brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, Which goes back to he loves his family. Yeah, he does. He doesn't want to, you but know. he's in a bad position right he now. He is. So, you know, this is an alliance forming, and you'll you'll see that more moving forward. Yeah. Alliances will yeah. form against uh, Hightower, essentially, and yeah. how that's working in, in King's Landing. He made, uh, Damon made that comment about, to Corliss, about his brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something about his weaknesses. Right. And Corliss was like, whoa, what is that? And he's like, being king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, which goes back to you know him calling him weak. He, my brother's never did a good job at that, and he's yeah. like, "What's that?" And he's yeah, like, that's being it. King. Being, being king. king. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and uh, we get the, the 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 view of, of course, the crab feeder, and the assumption is that's going to get taken care of by Damon. Yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna get taken care of to yeah. form this alliance, and mm-hmm. the king is going to be pissed about it. But what does it really matter? But I mean, it looks like we're going to have another time, another time jump. I'm not going to go into spoilers on the next time because I know not everybody watches that. But it looks like we are going to have another time jump for the next episode. We got a hundred. We got 172 years, man. That's right. 
to big time jumps need to happen. I can't do that. I don't know what goes on in between the time jumps. Well, you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, you figured out quite a bit already. Assumingly, this this series is going to have a few seasons of these people, and then if they go on for more seasons, they're going to bring in. It'll be a new cast of characters. Yeah, it'll be anthology type thing at that point. But in any case, that's it for the Basement Movie Room podcast. Here be dragons, House of the Dragon. Here be dragons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for watching. Uh, we will be back next week at around 9, 9.30-ish to talk about episode three. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that is the day before Labor Day. So you ain't got to go to work the next day. What's your excuse for not listening, right? Uh, again, thanks for watching on yeah. Twitch if you're watching on Twitch. And thanks for listening. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Get hooked.